Welcome back to our fourth lesson on the Lord's Prayer. We also call it the model prayer. Jesus gave us this wonderful prayer that we might pray it all the way through. That's fine, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But also we take every phrase and we look at it. They are different kinds of prayer. Jesus used it as a didactic tool to teach his disciples to pray. That's exactly what they had asked him in the parallel text in Luke 11 verse one. Teach us to pray. Lord, would you teach us to pray? And he gave them this Lord's Prayer. Today, we're going to look at that phrase that says, give us today our daily bread. It's wonderful to pray and ask God to give you what you need. Yes, you need to work, not saying you don't need to do that, but you need to rely on the Lord. He is your provision. God is your source. He's the one that gives you bread. He's the one that gives you everything that you need in this life to love and to serve him and then to go on to heaven. And the main thing he gives you is forgiveness in Jesus. Oh, a man doesn't live by bread alone, but he lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God bless you as you study this great phrase, give us today our daily bread. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored. Honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us, deliver us from the evil one. In the Lord's Prayer, it talks about give us this day our daily bread. So we're to pray and to stay close to God, to live on His daily bread, daily sustenance that He's providing for us in that moment. Now you think about it in this way, if you're gonna go on a big hike through the mountains, you're gonna pack this huge backpack filled with all of your rations, everything that you need to eat, and then you're gonna journey out away from your home so that you can eat along the way. That's the exact opposite of what God wants us to do. When we're at home, the opposite things happens. We just get up from the couch and go to the fridge. We open up the cabinet. We're home, we're close, so we can go and get that food at any time we need to. God wants us to be at home with Him, living in prayer, not on this big journey, I'm gonna go see God way over there in this prayer time at church or wherever, but I'm right here. He's closer than a brother. He indwells me through the Holy Spirit. I can pray at any time, so I'm so close that I'm depending upon Him for my daily food just as I would the food in my house. I can get up from the couch, I can walk to the fridge. It shouldn't be too far of a distance. It's not a hike into the woods. And that keeps me close to Him. And then when I take my daily bread, bite by bite, meal by meal, I begin to be in a place that's trustworthy with the Lord, that I trust Him, that He will provide. Even when I'm hungry, I know that it's just a few steps away from the couch for me to be on my knees, in my heart with the Lord, saying, Lord, would you provide for me in this moment? So we don't wanna go on big hikes in prayer. We wanna be at home in prayer. And it's through those times that we get the daily bread that we need to be able to keep us going as believers. So the opening petitions of the model prayer teach us that we should not rush into God's presence with a laundry list of personal requests. We should begin our prayers focusing on God and His glory, not ourselves and our needs. That is not, however, to suggest that we cannot bring our personal needs to God in prayer. The second section of the petitions in the model prayer are personal prayer requests for things that we need in our lives. But 
It is not just about the fact that we can bring our personal needs to God in prayer. Really, these latter petitions, I believe, teach us how we should bring our needs to God in prayer. And I think the bottom line is expressed in this first personal request. We should pray as if everything depends on God. We should pray, give us this day our daily bread. I believe there, bread is bread. Bread represents the staple that they needed to survive. And he is not teaching us to pray for a meal, for a banquet, for bread, the most basic necessity for the survival of the people of that day. All the more now, as scandalous, that, scandalous as that petition was then, it is even more scandalous now, where we all the more in our culture take bread for granted, while many others suffer the literal need of it. But I think this still applies literally to every day. We are to pray for bread, being reminded every day of our personal, absolute, total dependence upon God. It is to pray this prayer recognizing that if God does not intervene, I won't eat today. That I, there are no small blessings. I must not take anything for granted. That's why there are two time references in this one petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Pray for this basic thing and pray for it daily so that your heart is in a constant posture of dependence for everything you will hear and see. In these sessions on prayer, really this is the bottom line. You'll never pray effectively until your heart gets in a posture of dependence. When Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread, the one thing that strikes me immediately is this is the first part of the model prayer that refers to us. Everything else is God-centered up till this point. And it might be a temptation when we're in prayer uh, to begin our prayers by asking for all the things that we think we need. But when we come to pray for our daily bread, this is really supplication prayer. It's asking God to give us those things which we need. The beautiful thing about this is Christianity doesn't deny our needs. The Bible never denies our needs. We have needs because we live in this world. And this prayer acknowledges the reality of those needs, but also acknowledges the reality that God is the provider. Now today in the United States, not everybody needs bread, uh, you know, but everybody has some kind of need. There are a lot of needs that all of us have, whether it be physical, financial, relational, something in our family, and this is that time after we've acknowledged the Lordship of Christ, the Kingdom of God, the holiness of God, the fatherhood of God, we now say, Lord, here are the things that I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to provide. So really, this is a time to really trust Him and have faith that He is the provision of everything that we need. Well, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, there's a reason why asking for our needs, our daily bread is not at the top because he knows there's something we need greater than our daily needs, and that's an awakening to who he is, his power, his presence, his majesty, his will, his kingdom. So it's perfect timing that after we've gone to there, we're ready to come to him, and now we come to him in prayer after we've already made much of his name, we've surrendered afresh and anew. Now we're ready to come in the right spirit and the right attitude to simply ask 
for our daily bread. And, and that, that could be many things, but simply stated, um, in my opinion, it's just, Lord, we, have some, we know we have some needs. We know we have some things every day we need. And we come to him realizing you're the only one that can provide. And that anything that comes to us today, any, if, whether it be finances or relationships or uh, miracles or even answers to prayer, we recognize, wait a second, I, I come to him every day asking, and he seems to be answering every day. And the fact that we do it daily reminds us he's always answering this prayer. So as the more he answers prayer, the more our faith the believe, begins to grow, uh, begins to be strengthened uh, and, and fueled with this idea, he's answering my prayers. I, I can now ask him for little things, and he loves the little things. I mean, the most simple little things to the, most, to the largest things. I think there's probably a, a big neglect in the area of prayer that we don't ask God for big things. And, and sometimes we don't even ask him for the little things as we think they're trivial. There's nothing trivial in prayer. There's no need that's too trivial. He just wants to hear his children ask. And in asking, we're saying we recognize that we can't provide anything out of ourselves. Only you can. So that's why we're coming and we're asking. Bread is a motif used all throughout the Bible. It's actually back in Exodus chapter 16 when they prayed for God to give them food. God gave them the fresh manna every day to live. And so that was a wonderful picture of the sustenance and satisfaction that only God could bring. So in the New Testament, God takes that theme. And bread's just this motif, not only in the life of Jesus, but in the life of believers. I mean, think about it. Jesus was born into a town. Of all the towns he could have been born into, he was born into Bethlehem, which are the two Hebrew words, Beit, meaning house of, Lechem means bread. Jesus was actually born into the bread factory or the house of bread. It's not by happenstance. Jesus performs not one but two miracles with bread. And so now they know this when Jesus is saying, pray for your daily bread. And I think that phrase there is about our daily sustenance and our dependence upon God. Here's what you gotta realize. Jesus already knows what we ask before we even ask it but he wants us to ask it. And I think we're just acknowledging that we need him when we say, give us our daily bread. You know, the Bible uses the imagery of bread uh, in a number of different ways to convey various truths of the Christian life. Uh, one, of course, is Christological. Jesus is the bread of life. And that those that partake of him through faith uh, will never hunger again. And so there's that spiritual sustenance that we receive that the bread of life image communicates really, really well. Uh, at the same time, uh, we have a physical body and we have daily needs. And so when we ask God to give us our daily bread, in essence, we could say we're asking the bread of life, uh, who is our spiritual bread, to also be the avenue whereby we receive the physical bread that we need simply to live life in this world in which we have a physical body with physical needs uh, and physical necessities. And so it's not a, an either or, it really is a both and if you understand how the imagery is being used in the Bible. You know, one of my mentors once told me, um, don't try to be more spiritual than the Bible. Uh, it is true, Christ is our, our everlasting bread and he satisfies our soul. It's also true that when I get up tomorrow morning, I need to eat literal breakfast. Um, you know, when we ask for you know, daily bread, what we're saying is, um, God, you're the source of everything good in my life and you've created my body with, you've created my body with needs. And so those are um, food needs, they're financial needs, they're emotional needs. 
Where it becomes a problem is when you depend on those things for peace and happiness. When I'm like, God, I got to make this amount of money in order to be happy. God, the daily bread that I need is a six-figure salary. And God, the, the daily bread that I need is a perfect relationship over here, and I need a promotion at work or you know, anything like that. That's when bread has become idolatrous. And Jesus' whole point with the bread is I'm the everlasting bread. I, I, I will satisfy your soul. But then once you, you do that, then of course we're asking God to supply for us, whether it's a good night's sleep, whether it's what we, you know, the, the, the resources that we need. Um, God created us the way that he created us. He knows that we are, are human beings with great dependency. Um, every night when I lay down to sleep, God gives me essentially eight hours to remind myself that I'm not God and he created me to need sleep. Every time my body pangs hunger, he's reminding me, I don't need to eat, but you're not me, so you do need to eat, and you should look to me as the source of those good things as well. The phrase related to daily bread obviously incorporates more than just physical bread. Obviously, Jesus talks about himself being the bread of life. And so we're, we're asking, in a sense, or we're privileged to ask for everything we need for our provision that day. Now, the Jewish reader, which would have been those early apostles, early disciples, uh, probably the recipients of the letter of Matthew where we find the extended version of that prayer, they would have immediately thought about the Old Testament story. They would have thought about the manna, the quail. And here they are traveling through the wilderness. There's, there's no 7-Eleven. There's no Bilo on the corner. There's nowhere to stop and get bread or any sustenance. So they were totally dependent every moment upon God's provision. They had to totally dependent, go out in the morning and the manna's going to be there. And, and on, you know, they couldn't store up any manna because it would get, you remember, it'd rot if they tried to hold it an extra day, except if they did it the day before the Sabbath, then they could keep enough. And, and what he's teaching us here is that he's always enough for us. Interestingly, it's our first prayer request because it was also the first temptation that Jesus, in the 40 days, you remember, he, he hungered. He was flesh like us. He was fully human. And so Satan normally attacks us in the realm of the physical first. So we're praying for that physical sustenance and protection of the Lord. I think I've been more aware recently of just my desire to be more thankful and to connect the dots between the good gifts that God has given me and connecting those back to his good hand that it really all is from the Lord. And uh, I was recently with um, some really dear friends, but they are not believers, and I spent three days with them. And there were no prayers before any meal. Um, there was no discussion about, wow, isn't God good? And hasn't he been good to my family? And has, look what he's provided and look at our home. And it was really interesting because after three days, as simple as a prayer before a meal or just that daily discussion of God's goodness, it was so strange for me and, and very sad for me to sort of walk through life with them and realize that God was totally void of all the good gifts because at the end of the day, our gifts are so um, paltry if there's no giver, if God is not the ultimate giver. When we talk about daily bread, I mean, you are so speaking my language because I'm thrilled Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. If he had said he was the asparagus of life, I'd be so bummed because I'm so not a paleo kind of girl. I'm a carb girl. And I think to ask for the bread of life, I think it's both metonym and metaphor. I think there's a metaphorical aspect to it, recognizing that he's our sustenance. We cannot make it without the proverbial bread that God gives us. But I think there is definitely a metonym, a reality to it. I won't have bread for life. 
apart from Jesus. If God gives us every good gift, then even the fact that I have a vocation that gives me a paycheck that allows me to go to Kroger and buy bread for me and my little girl, that's God's goodness. So to me, there is a, he is the bread who sustains me. And then there's a practical, because of his goodness and his kindness and his fatherhood, I actually have enough food to sustain us physically. I think one of the, the issues that, that we have as Christians is that often we don't realize just how needy we are. In fact, you could make the argument that we spend 90% of our lives trying to convince ourselves that we're actually not in need. It's a very uncomfortable place to be, uh, to live in a situation where you're, you're living hand to mouth, where you don't know where the next meal is going to come from. And yet Jesus told us when you pray, you ought to pray for the daily bread. He didn't say pray for the 401k bread or pray for the retirement bread or pray for the health insurance bread or whatever. Not to say that any of those things are wrong because we, we wisely participate in that stuff that our, our culture has set up. But as we're participating in those things, one of, the, one of the downfalls of that is that we can really, really quickly convince ourselves that we actually are self-sustaining creatures. It's really ironic because God gives all men life and breath and everything else. Even the atheist that curses the name of Jesus Christ only does so with the breath that God has seen fit to put in his or her lungs at a given moment. So the question is not whether we need God. The question is how aware we are of the need that we have for God. One of the things that we can do then in praying for our daily bread is to actually pray for the things that we need today. Or, or maybe to put it oppositely, for us to not live based on assumption. To pray and ask the Lord for simple things like patience in a given situation. If you have a meeting that you know is gonna be difficult, ask him for the wisdom to conduct that. Uh, ask him for the continued provision of the day. As a parent, my goodness, this is one of the ways for sure that we come to understand just how needy we are. Ask the Lord to help you as you raise your children in a godly way. If we do some of these things by actually being specific about the kind of bread that we think we're going to need today, it will cultivate in us a greater awareness, not only of our need, but then of the provision that God gives to us in response to our need.